I was playing with ChatGPT and I put in the opening scene of our movie, didn't tell the studio I was doing this, but I put in the opening uh, few pages. And then I said, can you please tell me what happens next? Oh, no. And it said, I think four possible things happen next. And one of them was spot on. And I stopped. That's I stopped. Make I turned you the shiver. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, this is getting in a bit too interesting now. How's it going there, citizens of the Reject Nation? It's your boy, John Old, out here flying solo today in these cinema streets, quite literally. I tried to shoot this walking right out of the theater, and the security guard there said, nope, but you can shoot it by your car. So I set up a pretty decent shot by the car, only to get alley-ooped by a different security guard who said, it's time to go. So uh, we're, we're, we're kicking it old school to talk about the creator, the new sci-fi action epic co-written and directed by Gareth Edwards, who you may recall as the director of Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, Godzilla 2014, and a terrific little indie sci-fi flick from 2010 called Monsters. Check it out if you haven't. Leave a like on this video. In fact, leave a like for original sci-fi. That's what we're going to be talking about today. And speaking of talking, uh, I am actually going to be lucky enough to be able to speak with director Gareth Edwards uh, a couple days from when this is being recorded. So what's going to happen is actually I'm going to give you my initial thoughts here fresh out the theater as the movie is washing over me and then we're going to go into the interview see what the director himself has to say about the you know process of bringing this all to life and maybe see if any of what I got out of this is any way related to what he had in mind anyway what is the creator about and how is the movie decades into the future our worst fears have come to pass and now a war rages between humans and robots with artificial intelligence and amid that a former soldier John David Washington is tasked with hunting down the AI's newly developed super weapon, only, only to, to discover, discover that it is a robot in the form of a young girl. And I am almost at a I'm I'm kind of at a loss for where to begin. This is a whole lot of a movie. I made some notes here just to keep myself on track. I promise I'm not ignoring you. Because yeah, this movie can certainly be overwhelming at points, although not in a way I would necessarily say is bad. Just here in this moment, I find myself very much appreciating and admiring just the things the movie was going for and quite often succeeding at. In front of and behind the camera, there's tons of great work and movie magic on display. And just kind of touched by its overall sense of heart. That was a particularly nice surprise, especially as represented in the relationship between its two central characters, Joshua and Alfie, John David Washington and Madeline Voils. When those two are together on screen, it is the heart and soul. They play off each other really naturally. And I think her performance in particular as this, you know, supposed super weapon is just pitched so gracefully. You know, I believed her as this self-aware robot. I believed her as just an actual kid. She choked me up. She made me laugh. You know, like, I can't really overstate how striking her performance is. And it's to the director's credit also because this is a juggling act of a very high order. This feels like it's attempting to be a bit of every kind of sci-fi movie all at once. Part sprung action epic, part intimate character piece, part cyberpunk rumination on things like evolution and the nature of consciousness and free will and the mess of all those things. The interplay between humanity and machinery, empathy, etc. And it demonstrates the chops to be able to be all of those things and then some, though it does sort of feel like they were forced to maybe prioritize certain aspects over others in the editing room. With that, there are ways in which the film's reach can outweigh its grasp at times or it can maybe feel a bit crammed. I can see some people really 
loving this. I can see other people maybe coming out a bit frustrated by some of the potential that feels maybe a little less developed or explored or perhaps pared down in favor of a more agreeable runtime slash MPAA rating in order to attract the kind of audience this needs to in order to make its budget back. It does feel a bit at odds with itself in that respect. Release, Release the, Edwards the Edwards cut. cut. But this to me does feel like a culmination of each of his features up till this point. Godzilla and Rogue One certainly, but very much monsters as well in the way that it really feels like you're out on the road in the thick of things, experiencing this world firsthand. You know, Monsters does it with Mexico, and, and here you have, you know, like Thailand and various other eastern countries, you know, kind of all over the globe. And the creator's future is really gorgeously shot and lived in. The blending of locations and designs and makeups and models and physical and visual effects, costumes, it's all impressively realized and effectively transportive. Solid Hans Zimmer score as well, and some uh, pretty fun needle drops I wasn't expecting. This also reminded me of Monsters in that it clearly wanted to incorporate a more intimate and off-the-cuff approach to character development, which is definitely present here and exhilarating in fits and bursts, although it does feel like a certain amount of that maybe was pared down to the cutting room floor. This has one of those broadcasts kind of like you'd see in an alien-type movie where it's people from across the spectrum, and they're all doing good work, but it can leave you craving a bit more when you have people like Gemma Chan or Alice and Janney playing against type as a sort of gruff commanding officer, Ken Watanabe, Sturgill Simpson, Ralph Ineson. You really want to be able to soak up that ensemble, and I think certain roles can feel a bit slight or pared down at times. Blade Runner definitely feels like an inspiration for this. Uh, I was reminded of Neil Blomkamp, kind of across that District 9 Chappie Elysium run. Also, Leon the Professional, some iRobot, Tenet, if you want to talk about an archetypical protagonist. <laughs> Various Vietnam War movies, Avatar, and I haven't seen it, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say that there's some children and men in here as well. Uh, if you like any of those movies, chances are you'll get something out of this. This also feels like a really cool video game at times. So yeah, a, a thick review for a thick movie, but I am very happy to see original sci-fi on this scale again, with as much vigor as this has, swinging for the fences as passionately as this is. It really gave me some things to chew on, multiple angles to look at it from, and I think that's part of what good sci-fi is supposed to do, along with transporting you and all that good stuff. It definitely felt to me like Gareth Edwards and his team really took this opportunity and went for it, and I will always take a film that's trying to do a whole lot over not much. Your enjoyment will depend on which of the films inside of the creator you most gravitate toward personally, but either way, I think if you're a sci-fi fan, this is definitely worth checking out and forming your own opinion of. But enough of my opinion. Let's uh, let's see what the man himself has to say. Gareth, it's it's a huge honor to be talking to you right now. I, I've been a fan of you know monsters and Godzilla and and Rogue One up until this point, and and just I don't know to to be here right now and as a big fan of sci-fi, this is super cool. So thank you for taking the time out. No, thanks for having me. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and I mean this this movie watching this kind of felt like a culminative experience just based on you know those other things that you've done. You know, it brought in some of that you know character intimacy that a monsters maybe has, but all that scope of the others. Were you thinking about any of that? You know during the production and, and, you know, bringing all this stuff to life? Or were you more about just pushing ahead and, you know, figuring out what the next set of influences and inspirations would be? No, a thousand percent. It was, it was like, you know, you grew up wanting to be a filmmaker, right? You're trying to get into, or you think you're trying to get into Hollywood. And then what happens is your only way in is to make a film. And typically everyone's first film, they have to make for no money. Yeah. And then this weird thing happens, which is you make a film for no money and it's actually a great experience. Like sure. you have all this freedom and all this control. And then if you're very lucky like me, like I kind of won the lottery and I got to do like these big Hollywood films and there's amazing things to doing that by, by a mile. Like, you know, you get this massive canvas, you get big theatrical releases, you can kind of do anything you want, but there's things 
that you did when you had no money that was super easy that now you can hardly even do when you've got like a massive crew and millions and millions of dollars. It's like, it's basically whatever is easy and hard with one, you swap them over for the other. Okay. And so, so I spent a lot of time after Star Wars going, how do you try and get both of these to, to ex like, how do you get all the positives of, of no money in an independent film and all the positives of a giant blockbuster? And how do you make a film that includes both? And so this whole thing was an exercise in doing things differently, trying to reinvent the wheel and because and of new technology and new camera equipment, uh, we kind of, instead of doing everything against green screen, we went to eight different countries around the world. We went to like, you know, the Himalayas and volcanoes in Indonesia and uh, Tokyo and Thailand, Cambodia, and and shot this movie. We went ten, traveled ten thousand miles, eighty different Ooh. locations. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, and you then really feel those places. Yeah, because this when some people talk about world building and go, how did you make a world realistic, or whatever? Like the big trick is go to the world, yeah. right? Like <laughs> that. Course. It's already there. Like all the crazy, random, chaotic details, they're all there. Just yeah. go shoot the world. And then add in the science fiction and it feels so much better. And, I, and so, you know, we kind of tried to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, this has that aspect of, you know, there's the tension of everyone's racing kind of towards the central point and you have, you know, the sort of road movie unfolding. And at the center of all of that is this intimately developing story between Joshua, the John David Washington character and and Alfie. And I got to ask, you know, how working with both John David and Madeline Univoyles, like, that performance, you know, kind of blew me away because I'm like, you know, this this kid is so real and endearing. And yet I'm also like crying and stuff. Like, how did you go about building both the chemistry between them and that growth, but also working with her in particular and building that performance? Because it's very striking. It was I think we both knew me and John David both kind of understood that the most important thing that could happen on set was that he bonded with Madeline. And Madeline is like way beyond her years. Um, she is like a reincarnated adult or something. Like, I don't quite understand how she's such a great actress so young. And so as a result, it takes a lot to become Madeline's friend. Like you, you, she won't let you in easily, right? She's very, you know, keeps herself to herself. She's very shy. And, and so we tried really hard for, for John David to become close friends with her and God bless him. He got in there somehow. And they became inseparable. Yeah. And it was kind of hilarious to watch because we'd do takes. And the second the take was over, you know, actors, you know, like they do, they, they go off to the corner and they go on trying to stay in the zone, you know, and if it's a, an emotional scene or something, they're just trying to just stay like as if people are moving lights, or whatever's going on. And Madeline would go up to him and hold his hand and just like talk about her toy or something, yeah. you know, and, and he's like, oh, really? You know, and he's like being really nice to her and everything like like a big brother or something. And I'm like, oh, poor John David. But it really helped. Yeah. It really helped their, their dynamic on screen. They were inseparable. And we actually, it was Madeline's birthday just a few days ago. Oh. And so me, John David, and her family, we went to Disneyland. And it was so cool. And again, they were just the whole time, it was just like being back on set. Like she was beaming. It was a very high excitement. stakes Disneyland trip then. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was like, it was a mini version of the creator. Yeah. Like, Got to get her to Galaxy's Edge right away. <laughs> yeah, we did go there, actually, yeah. I believe it, no. And I mean, you know, this is an interesting kind of moment to be releasing a film like this, and I have to imagine that you've been, you know, working on it and building it for a long time, but now we're in this moment where 
AI is like the forefront of the cultural conversation. And granted, it's a different iteration. But, you know, does that have any sort of resonance with you? Does this feel like, wow, we couldn't have lucked out with a better moment for this? Or is it kind of arbitrary? No, no, we totally lucked out. Thankfully, the robo-apocalypse is, I think, scheduled for November. Sure. So sure. We, we've got a good month of uh, at this at theatrical release until, like, they take over the world. Yeah, yeah. So, so we got lucky. But, no, it was when we when I was kind of come up with this, it was a distant dream. It was like flying cars or living on the moon. It wasn't supposed to be happening right now. And so it's very surreal. I even actually, I, I was playing with ChatGPT and I put in the opening scene of our movie. Like I gave it this, I didn't tell the studio I was doing this, but I put in the opening uh, few pages, the first scene. And then I said, can you please tell me what happens next? Oh, no. And it said, I think four possible things happen next. And one of them was spot on. And it was like, it was quite shocking. And it was like, <laughs> okay, all right. And I stopped. That's I gotta stopped make my you shiver. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, this is getting in a bit too interesting now. Yeah, I believe it. Well, I mean, our, our time has come to an end. I'm sad to say I have a million questions I would love to ask you. But again, I, I really appreciate you taking the time. And it's, again, really cool to see a movie on this scale that does seem authentically concerned with being both, you know, a touching character piece with, you know, ideas and also something action packed and thrilling and scopic and all that stuff. So, uh, so I'm inspired and, uh, yeah, I really appreciate you for chatting with me today. Thanks man. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Looking forward to whatever's next. Cheers. Cheers. Appreciate you.